Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. Yesterday, Representative Blaine Wilhauer uh, put a piece together because, well, the legislature's been uh, set on the sidelines, like many of us here in the United States, because of COVID-19. But he decided to pin a piece that uh, Illinois Review picked up, and he's got some questions, and they're interesting questions. Uh, some of them larger what-if questions, some of them uh, directly pointed at Governor Pritzker. And they're not bad questions. What he's asking for is a conversation. And I don't think he's wrong. We'll get into his piece of those questions and maybe add on a few of our own on the back half of today's show. Uh, joining me in the studio, Steve Bull, pressing the buttons, sliding the pots, and uh, fresh from the WTAD newsroom with all the latest uh, from uh, the Tri-States this morning. Say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quade. Good morning, everybody. The Adams County Health Department says four more people have tested positive for COVID-19, bringing the total to 11. A statement Monday says that the four include a man in his 30s who's hospitalized, a woman in her 30s, a woman in her 40s, and a woman in her 50s. The county's COVID-19 dashboard says of the 11 positive cases, three are hospitalized and test results on another 88 people are pending. They add that Adams County is, quote, now experiencing a widespread of this disease, end quote. They say that any exposure to public settings creates a risk of transmission and that locations with higher traffic and higher volume pose an even greater risk of infection. In fact, they've gone on and they're advising all Adams County residents to, quote, assume that any interaction with any other individuals may lead to an exposure of social distancing is not maintained, end quote. They add that physical distance between yourself and others is the best protection from COVID-19. Quincy City Council got a first look Monday night at projected revenue figures for the next budget year, and those numbers are likely to change, saying that, quote, this is a budget written in pencil, end quote. Mayor Kyle Moore gave Alderman a preview of revenue and expense projections for the fiscal year starting May 1st. They show that the city was expecting revenues of $38.5 million and expenses of $37.2 million, with $1.3 million in unassigned cash and $3.7 million in reserves. After the meeting, Moore said that starting next week, the administration will start revising numbers due to the economic slowdown caused by the pandemic. We truly don't know what the impact on sales tax and state revenue is going to be. So we're going to make some budget adjustments in the upcoming weeks, uh, things we can do today. But also we're going to have a plan of attack with the city council on where we're going to go in the next fiscal year, how we can um, you know, track our revenues and expenditures, but also have certain goalposts where we uh, reposition ourselves based on the actual revenues that are coming in. The process will continue over the next few months. The state revenues usually take several months to be handed over to the city. 
Moore also says that later this spring, he and the council will look at how much of the reserves they may have to use. We've worked for the last six years to build up our reserves for occasions like this, but we also know that we may need revenues in the you know outlining years as well, whether it be a continued downturn in the economy or another storm. And so we really want to have that conversation with the council on what is the floor, what's the, what's the maximum amount that they want us to use this year, and then we'll do our baseline budgeting from there. The budget is due to be up for a first reading next week with final passage expected April 27th. Quincy Police Department will now be able to enforce Governor J.B. Pritzker's stay-at-home order, although the chief of police says he'd rather not have to. Quincy City Council passed an ordinance last night giving the QPD the ability to issue citations to people and businesses who violate the stay-at-home order. Chief Rob Copley says while right now the vast majority of residents and businesses are complying, he's worried about the next few weeks. It's just my concern that as this continues for longer than what people thought it would initially, that uh, people will, will start going out more, staying out more, doing things that the orders prohibit. And we just need that tool just in case. He says it's unlikely officers will use the ordinance, noting that they'd rather educate and inform residents and businesses about the order first. The chances of us using it, I I believe, are very slim, but we need to have something uh, to back us up. That ordinance will stay in effect as long as the governor's stay-at-home order does. The Small Business Administration is promising help to keep companies going through the crisis economically caused by the virus, but that paperwork can be daunting for family-owned businesses. So this Great River Economic Development Foundation is offering help to get through the application process. Gretchen Chief Marcel Wagner, appearing yesterday on WTAD's Mary Griffith Show, says that the foundation will take appointments starting next week so business owners can ask questions about the form and get help face-to-face. We're going to set up appointments uh, where they'll be socially distanced in one of our conference rooms uh, and, and try to provide some assistance that way. Uh, I, I just think it's our responsibility to do that. Anyone who needs help on proceeding with a small business administration loan can call Greta for help. The Community Foundation serving West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri has distributed its first grants through its newly created COVID-19 nonprofit response fund, The fund received a grant of $25,000 from the Tracy Family Foundation, letting it uh, direct resources to regional nonprofits who are responding to and impacted by the current COVID-19 public health crisis. Some of the organizations that have received grants include Cheerful Home, the Douglas Community Services in Hannibal, the Food Bank of Central and Northeast Missouri, Harvest Outreach Ministries in Hannibal, the Salvation Army of Quincy, Cornada, Horizons, and the United Way of Adams County. City of Keokuk says it will be closing more facilities in the wake of Governor Reynolds' announcement Monday that more facilities statewide would be closed. The city says that all of its basketball and tennis courts, the skate park, ball fields, and playgrounds and equipment will remain closed. Keokuk's parks will stay open, but gatherings of over 10 people will be prohibited. Keokuk City Administrator Cole O'Donnell says the city will ask social gatherings of 10 or more people and people not heeding the closure of recreational facilities to leave if the orders aren't followed or citizens continue to ignore social distancing protocols. Keokuk police are now authorized under state code to issue fines as well. The city says it also doesn't want to have to enforce those protocols, quote, when there are are other urgent matters to attend to, end quote. Tyson Foods says Monday that it suspended operations at a major pork processing plant in southeastern Iowa where more than two dozen workers have tested positive for the virus. 
Spokesman Gary Mickelson said the suspension went into effect Monday at the plant in Columbus Junction in Louisa County. He said it will last for the duration of this week and be revisited then. Mickelson said, Mickelson said the plant's 1,400 workers will continue to be paid this week despite the furlough. And a Pike County, Illinois man was seriously hurt Sunday afternoon in an ATV accident in Rawls County, Missouri. The Missouri State Highway Patrol identifies the man as 57-year-old Jeff Kugler of Pearl. Says that accident happened around 5.15 on private property off County Road 4 outside of Perry. A report says an ATV Kugler was driving overturned. He was flown to the University of Missouri Hospitals in Columbia for treatment. That's a look at the latest local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com, also on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, the uh, budget being written pencil, probably right now the only thing that, that you can say with uh, state stuff still up in the air. I don't know how you well, can put any type of forecast on on revenue models at this point in time. Well, yeah, I mean, with the state stuff up in the air, you, I mean, the uh, sales tax collections, I'm sure, are going to be way down for the city of Quincy as well. So, yeah, uh, it's just a, this is going to be basically, like you said, the first of uh, many, I mean, there'll be, the, there'll be a document that they'll have, but you're going to be seeing a lot of revisions over the next uh, year, over to the fiscal year starting in May. They're going to be revising that uh, at least every three months to, bring in from reserves or cut spending. I mean, it's just yeah. a matter of seeing what they need to do. Sure. So. The math is uh, the math, and as fluid as everything is, math's not. Right, exactly. I mean, and city department's heads have already started uh, factoring in certain things that uh, uh, they don't need. For instance, uh, Quincy police aren't going to buy any new vehicles this year. They're okay because they didn't buy vehicles in the 2018 budget, but then they bought extra vehicles last year so now they've got six new vehicles so uh like uh, chief copley said if there, there was a year to not buy vehicles this is the year to do it but yeah. uh yeah i mean they already kept that in mind but they may have to revisit things who knows uh, I, I i i'm guessing that that most definitely will be the case oh sure they're going to be revisited many times over like you said oh sure sure it's just a matter of what you know where do you cut <laughs> yeah uh thank you very much sir it's ten sixteen. we'll take a time out when we come back representative blaine wilhauer's uh, piece at illinois review and the questions that he has and i think they're questions that many of us uh, have as well we'll get into that next on the news roundtable wtad Table. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1020. Yesterday, Representative Blaine Wilhauer, who's been sitting on the sidelines like all our uh, uh, elected officials, short of uh, Governor Pritzker and his uh, staff, decided to pen a piece that uh, Illinois Review picked up. And uh, the, the, the title of it is, What's the Strategy? What's the Coronavirus strategy here in our state and he starts out by saying look our leaders need to be over the top transparent about this data also 
We need to be nimble enough and humble enough to adjust strategy either direction if further evidence uh, indicates that it's prudent. And I think uh, saying those words now, quoting Wilhauer's piece, it kind of sounds what Mayor, uh, like what Mayor Moore said and what we were talking about before the break. You need to be nimble enough and humble enough to adjust strategy either direction uh, if, if it uh, is prudent based on evidence. Wilhauer then goes on to point out that the initial uh, shutdowns that were, uh, remember, 15 days to slow the spread, flatten the curve from the Imperial College of London, that projected uh, 2.2 million people would die if we did nothing, and over a million even if we did put in uh, mitigating practices, have kind of been thrown out the window now. And uh, many places have switched to using the University of Washington model that we pointed out uh, last week. Uh, one thing that uh, Will Howard points out before he even gets to the University of Washington model is that uh, the Illinois institutions uh, have completely abandoned these projections, or I guess overall the College of London, the Imperial College of London projections, and their numbers look nothing like they originally did. Fluid situation, things are uh, changing moment by moment. Uh, Wilhauer says, to say the models our leaders have cited as evidence to shut down our lives have been unreliable to call them that is being generous. Uh, he says, quote, shouldn't we be concerned about placing so much trust in people who just haven't been very accurate at almost everything that they've said? Uh, and then he goes on to point out that back on February 17th, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, said that the danger of coronavirus here in the United States was, quote-unquote, just minuscule. Uh, he also points out that on February 26th, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago uh, lit into the CDC for stoking fear, and he quotes her by saying, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and suggest to the public that there's a reason for them to be fearful. And then he quotes Governor Cuomo in New York, telling New Yorkers that it was safe to use public transportation as late as March 3rd. And of course, we've seen the supercuts of leaders telling people to, you know, come on down to Chinatown, whether it was San Francisco or New York or Mardi Gras uh, going on in, in New Orleans. Uh, since then, uh, Governor Cuomo in New York has kind of, kind of found his pace, found his footing, and has received, uh, uh, accolades, uh, for it. Uh, Wilhauer points out that Governor Pritzker desperately wants Cuomo status. Um, but he goes on to show that uh, Cuomo has received praise primarily, as he says, because he's been mostly measured and extremely transparent with his data. He says you, you look at what Pritzker's done in that time window. He's either been behind, Wilhauer says, on collecting the proper data or just chooses not to share it in a manner that could be scrutinized so that we could find trends and that could allow us to ensure good decisions are being made. Willauer says that Governor Pritzker's press conferences have been low on information and yet highlighted by outbursts deflecting blame towards the federal government in D.C. Uh, he doesn't say it, but I'll point out that's not really uh, leadership and that's not really the way Cuomo has gone about it. Um, Will Howard says many of the people who dismissed the threat of coronavirus 
uh, have now forced a shutdown of our lives with no plan. And this is really where his questions are going, with no plan on how to get our country back online. And the expectation is, hey, shut up and comply. Uh, He says the idea that we shouldn't question any of these moves is irresponsible and dangerous and downright scary. He says asking questions and making sure that we're making good decisions based on real data is is absolutely essential, quote-unquote. Uh, he says the longer we quarantine people, we shelter in place, uh, the more we delay herd immunity, basically giving voice to the idea that all of us are going to get this at some point in time. It's just uh, how long is it going to take and when will we have vaccinations or treatments uh, in place. So he says uh, you have people who believe that the quarantine is slowing down the herd immunity. Uh, and he also uh, points to an author who suggests a more targeted uh, approach, an Ivy League uh, professor uh, who apparently is anonymous but wrote a piece for the Federalist uh, because he didn't want to be targeted. He suggested that there be a more targeted approach to quarantining and perhaps maybe that would be a better solution. At least we could have a discussion about it. Uh, he says we're uh, intentionally destroying people's lives, wrecking our economy, and limiting personal liberty on the assumptions and models being made by unelected scientists and bureaucrats without an open discussion of the impacts of mass unemployment. And I haven't seen this yet, because I don't think anybody's got the gumption to put the two together, but we're very familiar with all of the graphs and charts for coronavirus uh, cases, but we haven't seen them next to the charts for unemployment or businesses uh, that are shuttering. Um, maybe at some point we'll get those charts uh, next to each other or overlaid, but I don't know that that'll be anytime soon. Will Howard says the problem here is not an inability to think clearly. He says it's an unwillingness to be seen thinking clearly. Uh, And he points out that uh, none of the governor's moves have had any legislative input. And to that end, uh, as far as he knows, that's right. I don't know if Governor Pritzker has talked with other uh, legislative leaders. Uh, Will Hauer says, as an elected member of the General Assembly, he says, I have trouble getting answers to basic questions. He says, consequential decisions are being made that affect our districts without even so much as a heads up. And then he goes on to point out that tomorrow... The governor's 30-day emergency powers will come to an end. That's an interesting place marker. Uh, he says it's time, Wilhauer says it's time for the governor to bring the legislature to the table. Huh. Will Governor Pritzker address that uh, today or tomorrow in his press conferences? Wilhauer says we'd like a plan for how and when to reopen the economy and put Illinoisans back to work. Uh, he says, if the data shows that we're not ready to reopen on a regional basis, uh, fine. But you need to have the data actually show that. Uh, he says, we should set parameters and establish benchmarks to reopen, and we need to start putting those plans in place today. Now, he finishes up by saying, of course, we need to take the threat seriously, uh, but we do need to ask questions and demand accountability and answers. The future of our country depends on how we answer these questions. Uh, more legislators, by the way, I think should share their views and thoughts on this wherever they can get them out, whether that's online, 
uh, over the airwaves in print on the steps of the Capitol with a with a bullhorn so that people hanging out windows can hear. Just ask the question. Start the conversation yourself, as Will Hauer has done as of yesterday. Be the leaders that you were elected to be. And if you're uncomfortable stepping out like that, then don't. Then don't. But we will see that you're not and understand that that's probably the case. Uh, Is there going to be a session, an emergency session that gets called in? I would think you'd have to before we get to budget time. Can you legally push the budget off? Uh, I don't know that you can do that, but we're kind of in uncharted waters anyway. Stay tuned. We're all in this boat together. That's the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.